Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Are there movies that every time they are uh, playing on TV or streaming that you just have to watch them? Anybody with me in the room? Okay, there's a few. Okay. Well, my husband gives me a hard time because there's a few that I have to watch every single time they come on TV. A lot of them are, you know, romantic comedies and stuff like that. So he makes fun of me. Uh, It's beside the point that he DVRs every Judge Judy, but (laughs) not even kidding. Uh, He does that and is really sad that he hears she's about to retire. So I I don't know. We're going to have to have a counseling session for him or something. But there are movies that I have to watch every single time. And one of them that you may not suspect about me is one called A Few Good Men. Anybody like that movie, A Few Good Men? Okay. If you don't know, I'm going to try to share with you the premise behind this movie. And so it's a a military movie. It's about uh, two soldiers, and they've been accused of murder, but their defense is that they were just following orders. And so... um, Tom Cruise is the military lawyer that's defending them, and Jack Nicholson plays the colonel who supposedly gave the order, okay? And so finally they end up in court and it gets really heated, and this is the part that I usually have to watch every single time. And so they get into court and it's getting really heated because he's a high-ranking officer that is being questioned and it feels disrespectful and all that kind of stuff. And so finally, Jack Nicholson's character turns to Tom Cruise and says, you want answers? And he says, I want the And then the most famous statement of the entire movie is, you can't, ha- you can't handle the truth. That's exactly right. And I love that part every single time. But here's the thing. Honesty is risky, right? It can be. It can be embarrassing. It it shows exactly what's going on on the inside of us. Honesty makes us very transparent, and it can be very risky. But if we're going to be just like Jesus, there's something that we need to remember, and that's this. That we need to risk honesty because honesty is worth the risk. We need to risk honesty because honesty is worth the risk every single time. Our job as followers of Jesus, if we are followers of Jesus Christ in this room or watching online, is to tell the truth. Jesus was full of truth. And so today we're going to talk about the benefits of honesty. I'm going to talk about four of them today. Four benefits of an honest heart. So again, this starts by us becoming just like Jesus. And if you've read about Jesus, you can do that in the first four books of the New Testament, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so if you haven't read those, you've probably heard accounts or stories told out of those accounts that are true about the way Jesus lived. And one of the threads that fall through all four Gospels is that he was always truthful. Every word, so accurate, no cheating on tests, No altering bank accounts. Every word, true. No shading the truth, no altering the truth, no stretching 
the truth. He never avoided truth. The truth is who he was. And God seeks for us to be like Jesus. He accepts us as we are, but he loves us far too much to leave us that way. Amen? Amen. Jesus loves you and saves you as you are. But he loves you and he accepts you as you are, but loves you far too much to leave you that way. He desires not just to minimize deception in our life, but he desires to eliminate it. Why? Because deceit is not a part of him. It is not who he is. And Jesus reflected God's character. And the Bible says this about God's character. In Hebrews 6 and 18, it says, It is impossible for God to do what? To lie. And then we can follow it up with Titus 1 and 2, where God cannot what? He cannot lie. However, the enemy of our soul is opposite. Would you agree with that? Way back in the book of Genesis, we can find Adam and Eve there. And Eve was suckered in by deception, wasn't she? When the serpent came to her and said, you won't die. In fact, you'll be just like God. In fact, you'll know more or as much as God knows. And that's why God doesn't want you to have this. Because he doesn't want you to be like him. But that's not the truth. So they were deceived by this lie. And in fact, they did learn more than they knew before. They knew all about death. And they learned about sin. And we're still learning that lesson today. Because we're all tempted to be dishonest. Amen? Amen. We're all tempted to not tell the truth. Sometimes because we can't handle the truth. Now, there's a humorous story that I want to tell you that you've probably heard before. So just humor me along if you have, okay? But there was this woman who was out of the country for business. And she had been gone a whole week. She got back home and her, she and her husband caught up with what they had missed each other and, and all the, the events that had happened for the week. And they began to talk. And so once they got all of their pleasantries out of the way, she said, oh, by the way, how's the cat? And he said, she died. She was devastated. How could you tell me like that? She said, just all at once. I can't believe that you didn't cushion it a little bit. I can't believe that you just didn't ease me into it. I can't believe that you just told me just like this that she died. And he said, well, what would you have me do? And she said, well, you could have, you know, when I called you from London, you could have said something like, well, he's up on the roof. And then when I called you from New York, you could have said something like, well, he fell off the roof and I'm going to take him to the vet. And it's, we're hopeful, but it's a little shaky. And then when I got home, you could have told me the news and at least it would have cushioned it a little bit. I would have been prepared. She cried for like an hour. And finally, when she calmed down, she came back to where he was and he said, I'm so sorry. I'll try to do better next time. And they hugged and she forgave him. And as he was hugging her, she mumbled, well, I forgive you. But, oh, by the way, how's mom? And he said, she's up on the roof. (laughs) The truth can be so uncomfortable, right? We don't like the truth. It shows what's inside of us, but we should risk honesty because honesty is worth worth the risk. And the good news is that there's some benefits to being honest. There's some benefits to the truth being found in us. Being honest about our mistakes, our feelings, our faults. So number one, inside your outline, if you would follow along with me, those of you that are taking notes, the first benefit of an honest heart is this. Honesty encourages healing. 
Honesty encourages healing. Listen, whatever big or small you find you're being dishonest about in your life, it's worth being honest about because you'll find healing. God sees it as one big thing, but we see small, we see big. Healing is found when we're honest about any of those issues. Look at what James 5 and 16 says. He says, admit your what? Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. Healed. Admit your faults equals healing. Admitting your faults equals healing. Do you need healing? Is there something you need to talk about? Something you need to uh, be honest about? I get to serve, again, family ministry, so that means birth to high school. And I have an amazing team that helps to uh, serve all the families and the kids and the students of this great church. But just like you, last month we started groups. And so during, uh, while you're in church, our elementary kids and our preschoolers, they get into, they form some groups uh, and they talk about, uh, especially the older kids, what's going on. And we talk about the story we learned and that kind of thing. And on Sunday nights, our students, our middle and high school, from five to seven, we have group nights for them. And so that is a place that they can share, that they can have a safe place to talk about things that are going on in their lives. And hopefully it's a place that they can find healing. Just last week, I got the opportunity, the privilege really, because I don't get to do this very much, was to sub in a third grade kids group. And we were talking about the Good Samaritan. And if you don't know that story, a man got beat up and in the Bible, this is in the, in the New Testament account, he got beat up and people just passed him by. He was just left to die on the side of the road. But a good Samaritan came by and the good Samaritan helped him, bandaged him, give him a place to stay. And the Jews, who was the man laying on the ground, and the, and the Samaritans did not like each other. But this story, this account, proves something totally different. That we can be like Jesus that we can do what he wants us to do despite what we've, the ways we've been brought up. And so I asked this group, it's easy to help the people that we like. How do we learn to help the people that we don't like? And I could not believe some of the answers I was getting from these very wise kids. And one particular stuck out. He said, you got to get to know them. And I thought, man, some adults can't learn this lesson, <laughs> right? This kid was teaching me. He was saying, you got to get to know people that are not like you. We have found out in kids' groups about kids getting bullied at school that we could go and, as the group leader, could go with that child and help them tell their parent what was going on at school so that they could get help. Groups is a place, an amazing place, to find healing. Because just like us, there's two things we need in our life. We need forgiveness and we need emotional healing. And the person that you go to for forgiveness and confession is God. But when you need emotional healing, you need to tell somebody else. And that is what groups do. It's a beautiful place to do that. But here's the thing. There's one thing that'll keep us from getting healed, and that's pride. Way back again in the book of Genesis is where this all began because pride crowds, crowds out people. When I'm full of me, it crowds out you. And when I'm full of me, it crowns out God. And I want to invite you today and me today to do something maybe that we've never done, and that's to crowd out pride. 
Let's crowd out pride today in our life instead. And an invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to crowd out pride. An invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to unfollow pride in our life. And can I tell you that being honest doesn't mean that you're sinless or that you're perfect. Because there's not a day that goes by that I don't need to repent, that I don't need to ask God to forgive me, that I don't need to apologize to Danny for watching Judge Judy all day. There's times where I have to ask people and ask God to forgive me. And if you feel your heart turning toward Jesus today, I wanna encourage you to take out your program and at the bottom inside, there's a prayer to become a Christ follower. These are just words on a page, unless you mean them with all your heart. But today I wanna invite you to follow Jesus and unfollow pride in your life. Unfollow the thing that's hurting you and hurting your relationship with others. Would you do that? This is what it says today. Not gonna ask you to raise your hand. Not gonna ask you to come forward. Not even gonna ask you to say this out loud with me. Just gonna ask you that as I read in your heart, in your mind, you would say, God, that's me, me too. This is what it says. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, the only thing we ask you to do is on the back of your connection card, just check the box that says, today I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower, just so we can send you things in the mail to help you along in your journey. The second benefit to an honest heart is this. Number two, honesty gives us a fresh start. Honesty gives us a fresh start. Listen, if you just ask Jesus to be the Lord and the leader and the savior of your life, you just got a fresh start. You just got the best fresh start ever. Look at what Proverbs 28 and 13 says. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be what? There's a sermon in just that half of that verse all to itself. A man or woman who never admits they're wrong at work, who never admits they're wrong at church, who never admits they're wrong to God, who never admits they're wrong to their children, can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another what? He gets another chance. Isn't it so refreshing when you mess up and somebody comes along like your boss and says, hey, man, we all mess up. It's okay, let's figure this out together. Let's do this again. At home, when you mess up and your spouse forgives you or your children forgive you, isn't that the hardest thing to do? Is to admit you're wrong to your kids, to say you're sorry, but when you do and they say, I forgive you to get another chance. In fact, when my little boy gets in trouble at home, he cries and says, just give me another chance. There's another funny story that I wanna tell you today about a man who thought he was gonna get another chance. He was one of the most notorious bank robbers there ever was in the Old West, okay? So picture Clint Eastwood, for those of you that know who that is, those old Western movies, Little House on the Prairie, okay? For, For those of us that watch those reruns still. Picture that time, that era, and this man lived in Mexico He would sneak across the Texan border and just rob all the banks and would wreak havoc. He was so smart. And then he would sneak back into Mexico. They could never find him. 
So the Texas Rangers were just going nuts trying to figure out what was going on and, and find them. And finally they tracked him down in a Mexican bar in Mexico. And so they didn't speak Spanish. He didn't speak English. But the bartender spoke both. And so the Texas Rangers came in and said, you need to tell him that if he doesn't tell us where all that money is that he's stolen from these banks, we're going to shoot him right now, dead. <laughs> well, he began to shake after the bartender told him what was going to happen. He began to be really scared and stutter and stammer and sweat. And so he began to tell the bartender where the money was. He said, if you go to the town well, and if you'll take the, from the handle, count down 17 stones all the way down behind that 17th stone is all of the, the money that I've stolen. And so he tells that to the bartender. The bartender turns to the Texas Rangers and he says, you already know. He says, this is a very brave man. He says, you all are a bunch of stinking pigs and he's not afraid to die. <laughs> That's terrible. I can't believe I told that. <laughs> but there's so much truth about dishonesty in that story, right? We may not be robbers in the Old West, but Psychology Today did a study about us average Americans, and this is some of the stats that we're not probably not too proud of. They said that more people cheat on their spouse than taxes. Speaking of taxes, half of people say if they were to be audited, they would owe. One in three people admit they have deceived a best friend. And half of people say if they were to scratch a car in a parking lot, they would drive away and never tell anyone, even though they know it's wrong. Honesty is risky, isn't it? But it's worth the risk. We want people to admire us, so we exaggerate. We want to flatter our bosses, so we talk too much. We want to impress other people with things we have, so we charge up debt that we can't afford to pay. But it's what? It's a lie. And the Bible tells us that God is more concerned about the direction of your heart than he is your image or your appearance. He's more concerned about who you are than what you have. Amen. And again, this is not sinless. This doesn't mean we're perfect, okay? Because none of us will be till we get to the other side of heaven. But he's more concerned about who you are at work, at home, when nobody's looking, who you are at church, who you are when you're alone about being whole in your life and not compartmentalizing our lives. So being honest means putting new habits into place. And one tip I think I could leave with you today, I think it's the most practical thing we could do. If you're on a road of being dishonest or maybe not being able to follow through on all the things that you say you can do, is to put this word into your heart and into your mind. And that is this word, pause. I want you to write it in the margins of your outline. P-A-U-S-E, pause. Why is that so important? Because there's many of us that we can't manage our time well. We're, we're missing time with our family because we're saying yes to all kinds of other things. And we can't follow through. There's many of us that feel bad for saying no. And so we're people pleasers. We say yes. And if we would just pause before we answer questions, if we would just pause to make sure that we have time to agree to do the things that we're saying yes to, I think it would save us a whole lot of trouble, Amen. especially with our children. Pause before you promise. Pause before you promise. 
That's something that we can all work on. And here's another way that you can be, try to, to learn to be more honest, especially with yourself, and that is to ask yourself this question. Am I being honest, really? Am I being honest, really? You gotta put the really on the end of it. Am I being honest with the people that I'm talking to at work, that man, that woman that I'm talking to at work in that way? Am I being honest about that with myself, really? Am I being honest about this purchase that I'm about to make, really? Am I being honest with my parents, with my teachers, with my coach, with my children, with my spouse? Am I being honest, really? And if we'll begin to ask ourselves these questions, I believe God will begin to do an even greater work in us because being honest is risky but it's worth the risk. The third benefit to an honest heart is this. Honesty unleashes God's power to change us. Honesty unleashes God's power to change us. Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8 that there's a way to receive power if we're gonna be his followers, and this is what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. See, the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. He's the third person in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to empower us when Jesus left and returned to heaven after his death and resurrection. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, you can ask the Holy Spirit to fill you daily with his power. And then he says, I will strengthen you by my Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. Now, going back to the court scene that we kind of talked about earlier, a witness on a stand is supposed to tell the what? Supposed to tell the truth. If they don't, they risk perjury. Now, when a witness is finished on the stand, they're excused. They're allowed to step down. But as witnesses and followers of Jesus, we never step down, do we? We continue to witness, to tell the truth about him, to tell people about him everywhere until eternity. And we have to have his power, but we can't have it unless we have honesty. Look at what James 4 and 6 says. God resists the what? The proud. But he gives grace to who? The humble. I need his power. And I know you do too. I know you need him. You need him to strengthen you. But we can't do it on our own. We have to have humility in our life. In other words, if we don't, the Bible says that God resists us. I don't want God to resist me. That's like my worst fear. And I know that you want his covering. I know that you want his protection. So in order to have that, we have to have humility, which means just coming clean with Jesus. Because remember, following Jesus is an invitation to unfollow pride. Risk honesty, because it's worth the risk. The fourth benefit to an honest heart is this. Honesty deepens relationships. Honesty deepens relationships. We think so many times if we're honest about our fears and our failures and our faults that people are not going, they're going to think less of us, but the, the opposite is actually true. People are far more impressed by your struggles than your successes. In fact, God wants to turn your hurt into healing. 
And when people see that in your life, when people see you being honest, saying, I don't know, people not, not trying to flatter, just being honest about when you mess up, that's when it deepens the relationship. One of the ways that you can be, uh, you can have deeper relationships um, at church, maybe you're looking for, you know, to find deeper relationships, to find people that know you, know if you're here, know if you're not. One of the ways to do that, I talked about groups earlier, but one of the ways is to get on a team. Listen, I know far more about the people on my teams than I do about anybody else. And so I know that the, all the other leaders in this church feel the same way. And so one of the ways you can get on a team is to go to Growth Track. Growth Track is a place that we've developed that helps you find your gifts and talents and helps you to serve in places that uh, your gifts and talents will help you to serve. We don't want you serving somewhere you don't like or somewhere you're not gifted to serve. And so that's one of the places that you can find healing, that you can find uh, a deeper relationship with your church family. And listen, Jesus led the way. He led the way. Look at what Paul says about him in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. It says this, He made himself, Jesus, Jesus made himself what? Nothing. By taking the very nature of a what? By being in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he did what? Humbled himself by becoming what? Obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus became nothing. He became a servant. He humbled himself. He became obedient. Why? To have a relationship with you and to have a relationship with me. Serving pulls us together. When we say these words, when we ask these words, how can I help you? If you were to go home and ask your spouse, how can I help you? You probably would pass out, right? The other one would pass out. If your kid said, how can I help you? you would probably pass out. And so we need to learn that serving forges these deeper relationships. And listen, I know this. I like to be right. How many of you in the room like to be right? I like to be right. And listen, I think I am 90% of the time. <laughs> but my husband Danny feels differently sometimes. And here's what I've learned. I don't always have to be right. Amen. Sometimes a relationship is more than being right. And if I have to continue to be right, one day I'm going to find myself alone. The relationship with our children is more important than being right. The relationship with our spouse is more important than being right all the time. At work, you will go further faster if you don't always have to be right. Amen. Being humble like Jesus, obedient to death, even death on a cross, the Bible says. So one of the ways that we've given you in your marriage to kind of break the ice, kind of put you on a new track together, is what you've been hearing about the last month or so is your best night out. And so this Friday is it. This is your last week to sign up. If you haven't signed up, we want you to be a part of this. Just go to secview.net slash night out. Listen, we've even provided childcare. As long as space allows, we're going to let you come, bring your kids for free, and uh, you just sign up online and buy the tickets, and you can have that, um, that privilege to do that. We want you to get better. And it's, listen, it's going to be 80% comedy and 20% content. Okay, can you deal with that? So if you're married, engaged, dating, and think you might get married, 16 and want to be married one day, 
come okay singles alike we want you to be here it doesn't matter we're going to have fun together and we're going to learn and we're going to make our relationships better so just sign up or you can uh, just check the box on the back of your connection card i'll send you the link in the morning uh, so that you can sign up with me let's put down pride and pick up honesty amen amen do you always tell the truth don't answer do you always tell the truth let's start today the best way to have a, a close relationship is not to get everything right, but to own up when you've got things wrong. Amen. Own up to your mistakes when you've gotten things wrong. There was a time that I wasn't, um, I didn't have this honesty thing down very well. Now, I was in the third grade, okay? <laughs> but it's like one of my first vivid memory of not telling the truth. And it kind of went down like this. We, our, our, we had three classes in our third grade. We came from a really small town in Northeast Georgia. And we had three classes in our third grade. We were all out on the playground at the same time. And I was near some boys. They were throwing a basketball, which, which the hoop was attached to a building. But right under the eave of the roof was a bee's nest. And all of a sudden they stopped shooting hoops and they started throwing basketballs at the bee's nest. And for some reason, I thought it would be fun to join them and start throwing basketballs at the bees' nest too. And so as we were doing this, we were laughing and seeing how many bees we could get stirred up, which is so dumb. I don't, you know, don't try that at home, boys and girls, whatever. So we were trying all, we were, were having fun. And then all of a sudden, a kid comes up to us and says, the teacher wants to see you guys. And I was like, oh, no. So we're walking the distance from where we were to the teacher, which felt like an eternity. I felt like it was in the desert trying to get to her. And she began to question us. There was three of us. And she turns to boy number one and she says, were you throwing basketballs at the bee's nest? And he said, yes, ma'am. And she said, okay, well, when we go inside, you're gonna get three licks. Now, I don't know if you know what three licks are. If you came <laughs> from the generation that I came from, that meant you were gonna get a board, a paddle across your butt okay and some of the teachers would even drill holes in the paddle to make it sting worse they did this look again rule georgia corporal punishment we were all for it okay i don't know so yeah 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 so she goes to boy number two and i'm praying dear lord jesus help me Boy number two, uh, were you throwing basketball at the bee's nest? Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, when you go in, three licks for you. She gets to me. Were you throwing basketballs at the bee's nest? And my heart was beating so bad, just like it is right now because I'm reliving the story. <laughs> and I say, no, ma'am. She said, okay, we'll see you guys in a little bit. So we turn away, and the two boys start talking to each other. And one turns to number two and says, I cannot believe that you let her get away with this. You know she was throwing basketballs at the bees' nest too. What were you doing? And he says, in his eight-year-old wisdom, uh, you got to protect the women. <laughs> I remember that story forever. I have been fortunate to be forgiven many times since then. And I know that you have too. I feel like we all walk around with this invisible ledger. That one side it says forgiven. And the other side it says rewarded. 
And I feel like on the forgiven side, it's all the things that we've been forgiven of, you know, since we were little. And the things that will, they will appear, the things that we'll ask Jesus to forgive us of in our future. And I feel like God keeps this literal ledger. And on the other side of what we hold is, is what we'll be rewarded for, the things that we do, the things that we don't do because we love Jesus. The things that we don't do like lie, cheat, and steal, Amen. slander, gossip, those things. And the things that we do because we love him like give an encouraging word to someone that you'll never meet again. Amen. An act of random kindness, doing work at extra work at work that nobody will ever know you did not taking the credit when the credit was due you whatever those things you're doing or not doing because you love Jesus he's taking note and I want you to know that you don't have to walk out of here feeling defeated he sees you he sees you today and he knows what it is that you've done he's and there's rewards waiting for you when you've done right when everybody else turns their back and does wrong. Ephesians 4.25 tells us this, so then get rid of lies, speak the truth to each other. Amen. On the back of your connection card, I hope you'll take this next step with me. It simply says this, I will risk honesty because honesty is worth the risk. Will you take that step with me and let's stand and let's pray and we're gonna continue our worship here today. Pray with me, Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that you are truth. And we thank you that you speak truth over us. God, your word is full of truth. And because of that, we can live in victory. God, I'm reminded of Peter, the disciple, who said he didn't know, who lied and said he didn't know Jesus three times, but three times Jesus forgave him. And Father, because of that, we can ask the Holy Spirit to fill us and he will give us the power to live, not get through sin, but live above sin. And God, we'll be able to follow you. Give us your spirit and help us to own up to the mistakes that we made in order that we may uh, draw closer to those around us and draw closer to you. Jesus, make us like you. We want to be just like you. And Jesus, today we declare that we will follow you. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.